What's up, Star Wars fans? Welcome to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. And Drew's not here. <laughs> um, this is going to be a, a fun episode, and we're going to get into that in a second. But Drew's on vacation right now at the time of recording this. Um, so because he's on vacation, Drew and I kicked Jeremiah out of the main portion of the podcast. <laughs> yep. Just kidding. If that didn't make sense to you, um, yeah, it's it's still kind of confusing. Uh, but Drew and I pre-recorded the next segment, um, and it is completely dedicated to the excerpt that we were not sure or we were not aware was dropped from the new Thrawn book, the upcoming Thrawn book. Um, so Drew and I did that, and Jeremiah, we found out. Um, pretty much halfway into that podcast recording that there was an audiobook excerpt. Really? <laughs> yeah. So w- we probably could have had you there. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, but anyways, so there's actually a little a brief blurb about that. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll still get all three of us because Jeremiah and I are going to be doing the news and then Drew and I are going to be talking about the book. Um, so strap in and get ready because it's going to be fun. Also in the news category, we've got some, uh, pretty significant stuff. Um, yeah, some sad definitely. stuff and some exciting, some exciting stuff. Um, the first piece of news, um, dropped a few days ago at the time of, uh, recording this. Um, it's been a, been a little bit, you've probably heard of it, but we're going to talk about it regardless. Um, Star Wars, thanks to lovely COVID-19 is being delayed. Yep. By a year. Uh, By a year. So um, I'm getting this. There are many articles, many, many articles on the internet about this that are confirmed. Um, The one that I'm using is on Vanity Fair. Um, And the films are now slated for December of 2023, 2025, and 2027, respectively. So the next movie actual feature-length movie that we're going to get as far as Star Wars is concerned uh, is going to be three years from now, which is a long time. It is. Uh, dang, it is It is a really long time. So, But we've know, waited uh, a lot longer than three years before. So, I mean, that's fair. I mean, between uh, Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens, it was like, that was I don't know, 10, 10 years or something like 10 that? 10 years, yeah. yeah. I don't know the exact n- number, but it, it was a long time. It was a really long time so um as far as i'm concerned everything in the tv world and the publication worlds uh is still on schedule we haven't heard anything about that yet um so season two of the mandalorian whatever show we're getting with cassian in it whatever show we're getting with obi-wan at some point i think that'll still be out before the next movie but we'll see um, I mean, at the very least, we're getting season two of The Mandalorian this fall. So that's something to look forward to for sure. Um, and then before that, we'll get the Thrawn book, which is going to be great. And then January of 2021, we are going to get uh, the first publication in the High Republic series. So there's still stuff coming. Yeah. Um, we're just going to have to wait for the movies. Um, it does say in this article... Um, 
It's not clear which stories in the Star Wars universe were on the company's internal schedule for the years ahead, but The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson had planned his own trilogy that was still in the works, and Jojo Rabbit Oscar winner Taika Waititi is writing a separate project with 1917 screenwriter Christy Wilson Cairns. Um, So they're still working on it. It's just being pushed back because those are massive projects. Do you think that Uh, with this extra delay that it will improve the product that they hope to put push out in 2023? Or do you think, I feel like since they have extra time, they're going to have better, more time to, to tweak the, the plot and the movie and work on it more. Well, it, it better. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it like if you've been given more time and you've already got the resources dedicated to it, I mean, like yeah, all I'm saying is this going to look really, really bad if it comes out and it's worse. Right. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, if they're being pushed back a whole year, that's, that's a, you know, I was thinking though, pretty good time that they're, they're delaying it a year and we're six months or so in the COVID. And so it's almost like if COVID's not fixed within the next six months, then that year delay could be longer. Yeah. I, it is hard because, not to get morbid, but uh, we're not close to the end of COVID. We're just right. not. I mean, we're in the United States um, for a, a multitude of frustrating reasons. COVID cases are on the rise, even at the time of this recording. Um, we don't have a vaccine yet. And even when we have a vaccine, um, it's going to take a few months to for the numbers to drop again. Um so I don't know. I mean, that is a really good point. It could be longer. Let's let's hope and pray that it's not. Um, yeah, and I, you know, with all the, like I read an article like a week ago or so. It was like a, a rumor article that there's a, that Disney is supposedly working on nine Disney Plus series right now, or at least it's in the, the works. And so, you know, if we're getting a lot of TV series, like, I don't mind not having a movie for a while. Like if we're oh, having yeah. if we're having something, a TV show released in the fall for a season, like with The Mandalorian, and then in the spring, you know, we have an animated show like Bad Batch or something. Like, yeah, that's a lot of Star Wars. That's more Star Wars than a single movie can bring us. Oh, for know, sure, yeah. Every two years, so like if if they're able to push out the animated shows and live action shows by using, you know, the volume that they used in the Mandalorian. Like yep. they don't have to have so many people on set. They don't have to have everyone jam packed yep. in one small area. They can uh, plan out shows so they don't have to worry about as much right. c- contact with other people. So, well, in animated shows, um, you can really take advantage of social distancing with those. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, it is very possible that they're going to keep cranking this stuff out. And honestly, my opinion is that, I mean, we, on the Empire Radio podcast, we're all pretty much in agreement that we've enjoyed the TV shows better for the most part than the movies. I mean, by a pretty large margin. Right. Um, because they can flesh stuff out. They can spend more time with characters. There's more development. You're not limited to your, you know, whatever, two, two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Um, so I'd honestly, I agree with you 100%. I'd rather get more TV stuff 
than the movies anyways. Um, you know, especially if the TV stuff includes the rumored uh, Ahsoka show, you right. know, and then further seasons of the Mandalorian. Like I, I'm totally fine with that, honestly. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the Mandalorian, the second big piece of news, this is, this is much uh, more exciting than the first right. piece, but this <laughs> we are pleased to announce uh, this is coming directly from Star Wars.com that the Mandalorian has been nominated for 15 Emmys, which is that's, freak. A, lot. that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then resistance has, uh, the TV show has also been nominated for one Emmy for outstanding children's program. Um, in this article on stars.com, there is a full list of the nominations. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly here. Um, but the Mandalorian snagged outstanding drama series outstanding character voiceover performance for taika waititi as ig11 uh which is really cool for him outstanding guest actor in a drama series um that's for giancarlo esposito for moff gideon um outstanding production design for a narrative program half hour um it's for chapter one specifically Outstanding cinematography for a single camera series, half hour. Uh, chapter seven, outstanding sci-fi, uh, fantasy sci-fi costumes. Chapter three, The Sin. Um, outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. Chapter two, chapter four, and chapter eight all got nominated, so that's cool. Um, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie, or special. Uh, the Mandalorian, chapter six. Outstanding music comp- composition, shout out to uh, Ludwig for a series, um, original dramatic score, chapter eight. Um, outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series, half hour and animation, chapter one. Outstand- outstanding mi- sound mixing for a comedy or drama series, half hour and animation, chapter two. Outstanding special visual effects, chapter two. And outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series, limited series or movie just the mandalorian the whole the whole thing um so look at that we all knew it was a great show but dang that's cool yeah and the so the the main one is the the best drama so yeah that's pretty cool and i just uh brought up the list of all the other ones in the category um better call saw the crown the handmaiden's tale killing eve Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. So wow, those are some there's some heavy hitters on yeah. that list. And if Mandalorian has to lose, it would. I only want Stranger Things to beat it because Stranger Things is my favorite show of all time. So I didn't know that about you. It is. I thoroughly love that show. Oh, I do too. Yeah, and I, I would probably imagine most of our listeners do as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that just to be nominated alongside those series is pretty incredible. Um, and it really proves how strong the Mandalorian is as just a standalone series, like as a part of star Wars. Yes, sure. Whatever. But as a standalone, like as his own thing, um, it's, it's getting recognition, which is super, super cool. Um, which makes me excited for season two, but, uh, yeah, I mean, alongside Stranger Things. Good Lord. That's cool. Yeah. Holy buckets. Well, 
with the news out of the way, we are going to transition to the segment without Jeremiah, unfortunately. Um, but it is, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about the upcoming Thrawn book and the excerpt that was uh, released on StarWars.com. Uh, so, Jeremiah, if you don't have anything else, uh, we're going to fly on over. Uh, that's it. So, may the Force be with you. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So, like I mentioned previously, uh, Drew and I are going to be talking about the, I guess, somewhat old now at, at the time of recording this, unfortunately, a few weeks old, the, but the, the prologue for the new Thrawn Ascendancy book called Chaos Rising. Um, so this is a trilogy. This is going to be a trilogy from one of my favorite writers, the creator of Captain Thrawn, Mithron Nuroto himself, Timothy Zahn. Um, and Drew and I are really excited. Yes. Super so, pumped. but really quickly, before we get into this discussion, what I'm really excited about is the coffee that I'm actually drinking right now. Mm, I'm actually, I actually made coffee right before this because I was feeling a little tired. I've got some, you can hear it. Ooh. Yep. There it is. And this coffee coffee happens to be from the sponsor for today's episode, Wesley Andrews coffee and tea. And we have prepared a quick message for you guys to listen to, um, to hear a little bit more about them. So check this out. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. With that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at wesleyandrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Yep. Do Go it. Subscription. Yep. You Just should do, do it. it. I do it. It's great. You're going to love it. If you like coffee, you're not going to regret that decision. Um, but yeah, so let's dive in. Um, so this article from StarWars.com was posted on July 8th. And if you're listening to last week's episode, of Empire Radio, you heard me talk about how like none of us knew this was a thing. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably like, wow, this is way later than you guys normally cover stuff. Well, it's because uh, I, I didn't know it was posted. And I actually, because Thrawn is one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite book series of all time, I actually went looking for information on the new novel because I knew it was going to be coming out soon. And I just happened to stumble across this. So um, we love Thrawn here. Drew and I love Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah also loves Thrawn, even though he's not a part of the the discussion right now. Um, and so he just doesn't like to read, so he doesn't. He hasn't read any of them, 
And yeah. these are like, I want to say the books that got me into Star Wars books, but they definitely helped. Like, I love the Thrawn books. And then once they they announced that he that Timothy Zahn was going to redo them, yeah, essentially, like he wrote the original three, and then he wrote the last three, and then I think, and then this is like a new set of three, right? Yep, it's a new trilogy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've, I'm actually currently still finishing the last one, actually. Ooh, so good. I didn't realize that I full, I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna reread them. So I read the la- the, the last two that came out. Oh, not the last two, the first two of the new trilogy. And then I realized in the middle of reading this new one that I found a bookmark. And I never finished it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So I have actually not finished the last one. And so I'm actually reading it right now. I'm going on vacation. Or by the time you hear this, I'm on vacation. But yep. um, I'm, I'm going to finish it while I'm there because I'm going to nice. have a lot more downtime than than expected so i'm pretty excited to read this book and finish this one and and to get into this new one in september when it comes out so i'm pretty pumped about this series and like andrew said i had no idea either um i already pre-ordered it the this book on audible so i was just like gonna wait until i got it right and then you mentioned it when we were going through the news of like like because we always have a meeting before we do our podcast guys we're not we're not to the point where we people just bring us stuff and we don't have to talk about it. We just <laughs> do it, you know? Right. And so we were having a meeting, and then Andrew mentioned it. I'm like, dude, we have to go over this. Like, there's no way we can't. So I'm excited to go over this right now. Also, if you guys didn't want to read it, if you guys didn't know, I feel like there's a lot of you guys that didn't know that this already came out. So I'm hoping that we're helping you guys figure out that this is out. Um, You can go follow along where we kind of go over it. Um. And also, if you want to go back, there's actually Jeremiah or Andrew also told me that if you go down to the bottom of this the screen on StarWars.com where this article is at, the audiobook is on there. Yeah, for the prologue. Yeah, for the prologue. For well, free. it's sneaky. It's sneaky because like you get down to the bottom of the chapter, um, and first of all, like when it says. The title doesn't really allude to there being an audiobook. Yeah. Um and then Well, I guess they do say it in the in the intro paragraph oh, right they? here. But I didn't read it. I was just like, ah, I'm just gonna read the book. I saw the the throne. Yeah. You know? And so you get down to the bottom and there's this like super cool picture of Thrawn as an ascendancy cadet. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you don't go any further because like you you expect that that's like the end of the article but if you mm-hmm. keep going down just like two inches down below that there's a media bar and i was like what what is this for and i clicked it and it started like you start hearing the sounds and stuff from the beginning of the prologue and i was like oh my gosh so after reading it i went you back listen. and listened to it and read it at the same time too yeah and and so I I just when you told me that I just listened to it and read it at the same time and dude yeah. like it just confirms with you guys like how much um listening to the audiobooks of Star Wars actually is so good because one you get oh, the yeah. pronunciation and then two on top of that you also get the sound effects and like the ships yeah. and the it's just so good um I'm actually currently looking because we also did one of these when we went over the new book that right. came out. 
please, please tell me that the audiobook was not at the bottom of that. If it is, that's... I'm going to be so frustrated. Was it really that long ago? Was this in May when... Okay, all right, so here it is. Did you find it? This is the chapter... Wait, hold up. Hmm, I don't know, because this is... Oh, wait, remember the book, the chapter wasn't released on StarWars.com. So never mind. Oh, that's right. It was an IGN exclusive. That's right. Yeah, so never mind. Okay. I was yeah. going to say... I forgot bro, about that. Yeah, we missed that. No, so... Yeah, that, that information was given to us by a different website. But anyways, yep. all right, so let's dive into this beast of a prologue that almost felt like yeah. a whole chapter. Um, yep. Like most Star Wars prologues do, but... Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll just kind of give a, an overarching summary of what happens. And then uh, there are a few things that I, as I was reading, I thought were really notable um, that we can go over as well. And then I'm sure we'll have much more of a discussion later because uh, we rabbit trail a lot. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the prologue, um, as we mentioned before, and it opens right in the middle of an attack on the Chiss Ascendancy homeworld of Chila, which props to the audiobook. I ha- I was actually really trying to figure out how to pronounce this word <laughs> and a few other ones before I realized the audiobook was there. And I'm so glad that I, I listened to the audiobook because it's spelled C S I L L A. So I was like, Scylla, Casilla, whatever, but it's Chila. So these three ships, they come out of hyperspace. Um, abruptly, they're on three different attack vectors. They start shooting at the homeworld of uh, the Chiss Ascendancy. And then basically the gist of the attack is that um, as the three warships get close enough, they start shooting lasers, or excuse me, missiles as well. Um, and they, the Chiss have like defense warships as well as, um, I want to get the actual wording right they have platforms defense platforms i guess that's all they say about them but they have defense platforms and warships surrounding the planet just kind of a as kind of a general defense and so the platforms start taking out the missiles as they come past and then the warships you know pretty much destroy the other warships so this whole attack though it was a surprise only ends up lasting 15 minutes which is crazy because that's Mm. (laughs) so short but given the fact that, you know, the Chiss are some of the best military minds out there, it's not surprising that it was that quick. So, uh, very little damage. Three warships from this mysterious force are now destroyed. And then it cuts after explaining kind of what went down to who I would consider the main character of this prologue um, section, and that is Supreme General Bakif. And he's the Supreme General of the Chiss Ascendancy Defense Force. Um, and he is going into a meeting, kind of a, a debrief meeting, with the Chiss Syndicure, Syndicure um, who are the ruling body. They're the rulers and the ruling body of the Chiss Ascendancy. Um, so as we're reading, we find out that apparently when this attack happened, the Syndicure were in full session and there were meetings scheduled and whatever. And then the alarms went off and they had to go down into these shelters underground. And while they're relatively nice and spacious and whatever, they had to wait another two hours after the initial 15 minutes 
to make sure that there wasn't going to be a follow-up attack. And so they're, they're kind of salty about that. Um, you know, in, in the way a normal kind of spoiled rich person would be if they had to sit in a bunker for two hours. Um, so they're back up and they're pretty much pissed because they're like, who would dare attack the ascendancy homeworld? One attack the ascendancy itself, but who would dare try to attack us in our homeworld? Um, and they're demanding, you know, he, he walks into this meeting, general Bakif and, uh, speakers from the nine ruling families are there and they're demanding, basically, you need to give us a name. You need to tell us who, who dared to attack us. And Bakif says, unfortunately, I don't have any information right now. And they're like, why not? Uh, here's a quote, uh, the speaker from the, let's see, which family? Ufsa, the family, the Ufsa family, the speaker says, uh, you have debris, don't you? You have data records and bodies and weapons profiles. Surely a name can be gleaned from all that. And then he responds, um, or excuse me, then a speaker from the Myth family, which we'll come back to that later. Uh, he says, the ascendancy has been attacked. Um, we need to know who to punish for such arrogance. Um, but they, he doesn't have any information um, to give them at the time. So basically there's just kind of an argument going on and they're pinning all of their anger and their frustration towards him because he's a Supreme general and he needs to get them results essentially. Um, so then they have this, uh, brief discussion about how they're pulling in ships from other places. Um, they pulled in ships from Naparar specifically, um, to bolster the defense around Chila, their home world, um, and they're talking about kind of minor ship movements just to make sure that everything is uh, adequately defend uh, defensible. And then, um, then they right they start to they they start discussing this kind of what if situation. So they're like, okay, so that's great that you're moving ships into our home world, but what if they attack other worlds in the ascendancy? And He's like, well, we've already sent some other ships to bolster the patrol forces in the neighboring system in case they're targets of subsequent attacks. Um, and then they're like, cool, but has anyone reported tax, uh, other attacks or enemy sightings? And he says, no, not yet. As far as we can tell, this was an isolated incident. And then there's like this doubt where the speaker of the Orbic or the Obic family um, says, I seriously doubt that, General. No one sends warships against the ascendancy on a lark and then goes home. Someone out there is plotting against us that someone needs to be found and taught a serious lesson. Um, and then he ta it discusses a little bit about how he's looking into um, what is happening internally while he's in the meeting. And he's kind of like half nodding and just, you know, whatever, consulting with them. But then the other half of him is, is really wondering about some of the other details of the attack um, cause they're, they're so focused on the, um, ascendancy leadership is so focused on the who, but then he, he says, uh, the mo the most interesting question was not who, but why, um, he, and there's another quote. It says, because the Abic, because the Abic had been right, no, no one attacks, uh, Chila, excuse me, for the fun of it. That went double for an attack that costs three major warships without providing any obvious gain. Either the attacker has misjudged badly 
or else he'd achieved a more subtle goal. What could that goal look like? Um, so it says that the majority of the sinecure clearly assumed the attack had been a prelude to a more sustained campaign, and once they finished their posturing, they would undoubtedly start urging the defense force to pull all of its ships inward uh, for the protection of the major systems. More than that, they would probably insist the expansionary defense fleet likely likewise withdraw from the borders to aug- augment them. Um, and it talks about how that could be the goal. They could be playing into the hand and the plan of this unknown enemy out there by saying, okay, we're going to bring everything in. We're going to bring all our forces in, but that leaves our borders open. Is that actually the goal? Um, was it to keep the chist looking kind of towards themselves and inward rather than outward uh, or not outward, excuse me. Um, and he says, on the other hand, if the syndics were right about this being a full fledged uh, campaign, leaving the expansionary fleet out in the chaos would be an equally fatal move. So he's like, well, we're screwed one way if we move the ships in, but if we don't move the ships in, we're screwed the other way. So there's not a really good answer that he can tell right now. Um, But he started focusing on more on investigating the why. And he mentions that There was another possibility, perhaps the attack wasn't meant to draw the ascendancy's attention from something that was about to happen, but to distract it from something that had already happened, which is an interesting theory. Um, So he gets back to his office, and one of his aides is waiting uh, for him when he finally makes it back. And then they have this conversation where he's asking the aide if he located someone and what they're doing. Um, The aide says yes, and apparently this person is on Naparar undergoing his final round of physical therapy after the injuries or for the injuries sustained during the Vagari pirate operations. And it mentions really quickly that the operations were a military success, but politically they were a complete disaster and that some of the syndicure are still kind of salty about that stuff. Um, and then Bakif asks, when will he be free? And the aide says, basically, He's at your disposal. He's ready whenever you are. And then he said, all right, basically he calculates how much time it's going to take him to get there. And he says, okay, look, have him ready in five hours. Um, And then there's a brief discussion about, does he want the order officially logged or if he wants it off the books and he decides he's going to do it uh, by the books and that he wants the full order logged. And then he says, um, he gives the order and it actually, um, types it out and he says, preparing transport for myself and senior captain Mithron Nerodo. Destination Dioya. Purpose investigation of a derelict ship found two days ago in the outer system. Um, there is a brief kind of foreshadowing that not everyone likes Captain Thrawn at that mm-hmm. uh, current time whenever this is taking place. And then it basically says he thinks he found the first half of the answer to the question of why, but the only person he trusts to figure out the other half is Thrawn, and then it ends. Um, so from like a 30,000-foot view, there's an attack. The leadership really begins to argue about it, and then the general says, okay, well, I'm going to bring in Thrawn to see if we can figure out why. Those are kind of the three main chunks of this prologue. Um, so there we go. We're done with the summary. Um, now there were quite a few things that I noticed while I was reading this. I don't know about you, Drew. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of really cool stuff happening here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we're getting our first look at the Ascendancy, which outside of the expanded universe, we got a lot about them in the expanded universe, but there has been nothing in canon yeah. about these these people and this ruling body, which is really cool to begin to get a look into, I think, um, and into the leadership structure um, of the Chiss. Well, yeah, because like most of what we heard about the Chiss is that a lot of people don't know about them. That's pretty right. much like what we know. And like Thrawn's character is so unique in the way he thinks and it's it's alluding like it's not that he knows the force, but he could be force sensitive, or it could be that his all of his species thinks and acts like that. Like yeah. so we don't really know. Like it's just like this weird magic kind of eerie thing about Thrawn that he has and like so as someone that hasn't read any of the old EU stuff like to I'm pretty excited to hear if if that is just a Thrawn thing or is it a Chiss thing well and I don't think it's that he's force sensitive I think he's just a genius a tactical genius or he's just a, a tactical genius yeah right but it seems like he almost can like I wouldn't say it's a force thing but it kind of comes across like he can perceive the future almost because well, his and, mind is he's so smart right and, and that's and why again, that goes back to like the research that he does too because you know mm-hmm. in both the expanded universe and the canon novels he studies art and he studies the art of uh his enemies fighting and he, and, 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 and he studies and war yeah but so, it just almost comes across as like he could be force sensitive i would sure. say like maybe but I'm I don't think it actually is. I just think it's his brilliancy. Yeah. And but we've always had that question like is it the brilliancy of Thrawn or is it the brilliancy of this people group? That well, a lot of people in, don't know. It's of. interesting because reading this, it doesn't seem like as a whole his people are that smart. Yeah, to no, his level, you know, it, mm-hmm. at, even just reading this prologue, it sounds like, oh, well, not only is he a rarity and is he kind of this anomaly in the Empire when he finally makes an appearance, but now he might actually be one of the smartest and greatest minds of his own people as well. Because like yeah. the fact that the general at the end of this is like basically he's the only other person that I would trust to figure out the other half of this equation. Mm-hmm. It means that he's made a reputation for himself. It sounds you like know. he's like Elon Musk of chess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just a brilliant mind kind yeah. of person. And he's he's socially awkward, but he he's amazing at what he d- can do like sure. war wise and tactical wise. And and so I'm really excited and I am excited to learn more about the chess people and what like when we get Thrawn is in his people group. Um, I could be wrong, but from what I remember, they're pretty much gone, right? Well, they're not gone, or um, they're just like wiped out. Like they're not. Well, they're or, in the unknown regions, or okay, which is why at the time of the Empire, so little was known about them because they were in the unknown regions where there hadn't been any galactic expansion for so long, and yeah. so the empire and and most of the galaxy really hadn't made contact with the people yet 
Um, because like Thrawn's whole thing when he joins the Empire is he knows that there are threats out there to his own people as they mm. were current, like then in the moment. And so he's yeah, doing yeah. it to help defend his own people. So I know they're there. Yeah. They're just gotcha. pretty much like out of the, the out in the uncharted territories as far yeah. as like the and, Republic and is he concerned. joined the Empire to make sure that his people were safe, essentially. Yes. And and that was like the main reason. It wasn't that he joined them to take over, essentially. It was more to to make sure that his people group were yes. more safe and he could attack the people. And right. so maybe maybe his he is a brilliant mind, but his people group is a very weak fighting people group. I don't I don't think so. I think because you well, you haven't gotten very far into the third book. Or how yeah, okay, yeah, I, don't spoil it. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think his people are weak. I think his people are very efficient and very capable. Um, gotcha. I just think he's a step above everyone else in the in a tactical sense and in the way he thinks ahead into the future. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a genius. And that was one of the things that I loved about the canon novels is like, especially in the first one, it's like this mis- this mystery where he's like, there are threats out there to my people and I'm helping yeah. you because I also want to help my people. I'll give you my full allegiance, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it to protect my people because they're a threat to us both. And then like you really don't figure out like who that is until it really like the, the main chunk of the second book. And so that was really cool, but it was, he was kind of bold in the fact that when he comes in in front of the emperor in the first book, like his proposal is like, look, I'm here because of my people, but I think I can help us both out in the process. And he's like openly saying, like I'm not here. Like I'll swear my allegiance to you, but it's not because I like the empire, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the emperor being like really impressed by that too. So, um, in a weird way, but I do think that this book, obviously, this is pre-empire or pre-him leaving to go join the empire. Is this pre-Clone Wars? That I don't know. Because that's my question, right? Is because in book two, he was, which is really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys read the spoilers, if you haven't. Um, but he like interacts between Vader and Anakin. Yeah, and it's a flashbacks. flashback because yeah. he actually met Anakin and this before the Empire. But he interacted with Anakin and I believe that was under like the Chiss, right? Yeah, or, he was still yeah. with him. He was still with them. So I don't know, like what timeline exactly but i mean the picture he looks young as frick well the picture the caption under the picture on the article specifically states that it's a picture of him as a, an ascendancy cadet oh okay so, so this is not the timeline that we're not getting him as a child no okay. um it, you know in the prologue it does mention that he's a senior captain and mm-hmm. so now we don't know how high he gets before he goes to the Empire, but I, yeah. I don't... I mean, but think about it. The Clone Wars were three years, right? The Clone mm-hmm. Wars only lasted about three years. Um, I am willing to bet that this is pre-Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, but again, we don't know based on the prologue yet. We just know what's, what's happening in the moment. 
but uh, this is obviously like a younger Thrawn. Like yeah. he's, he's younger in the military. He's younger in his career than he is at the time where he shows up in the empire. Um, so I did think that was interesting. Another thing that I thought was interesting is that uh, he, he is part of one of the nine ruling families, the myth mm. family, um, because the Chiss names, um, the, the first part of it is their family name. The second part is their first name. And then the third part is like kind of like a classification name. So the fact that he, the first part of his name is myth means that he's a part of one of the nine ruling families. Um, or he's not I, real because he's a myth. Get get out. I mean, come on. That was a good one. Boo. <laughs> uh, so anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a part of the one of the nine ruling families. And this was something that I didn't know ahead of time, but that there are nine families that essentially rule the Chiss people. But then there mm-hmm. are other, what they mentioned to be great families who are kind of up and up and rising families that want, that are aspiring to be one of the nine. So I don't know if that means that the families can cycle out. I don't know, but I do know it, it does mention that there are nine core families. And then there are other ones that aspire to be, you know, part of the ruling body of these, these people, which is really interesting. Um, so yeah, that was another thing that I, I noticed. Uh, let's see. It did give me the classic, cause there is a, there's kind of like a, a uniform air of mystery with all of the Thrawn stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where you're you're reading a, a drama, an action drama, a military kind of play or story, if you will. But then there's always in all of the books, there's this there's at least one part where it's like mixed it's mysterious, where you don't quite know the answer and you can tell that Thrawn's figured it out, but he he doesn't explain it yet, you know? Yeah. Um but all of them start with kind of this it, they give you like the little breadcrumbs or they set up this mystery ahead of time. And that was one thing. It immediately starts with this mysterious attack. And I was like, okay, we're back. One, I know that's because of Timothy's on and the way yeah. he writes. But the other thing was, I was like, by the end of this, especially when they were like, yeah, and Thrawn, and he's the only person that I would trust. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is, this feels like just another part of his story in a very connected way, even with just the, uh, prologue. So I really enjoyed that. Um, for sure. It, it, and well, it feels like, and the audio, like I've listened to all the books on audio yeah, as well. And so like, it's very, um, it feels like I'm listening to another Thrawn book and I'm pretty sure they got the same voice actor, like, like narrator, I would say. Yeah. And I think he does a lot of the books, but like, it just, it felt like I was like reading and listening to a Thrawn book. So I really appreciate sure. it. And Timothy, he's a beast dude. Like he's so good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and um, I always want to walk, like I'm always tempted to read the, the EU stuff, but I know it's going to mess up my mental, like what's canon, what's not. 
Well, I think one day I am going to sit down and read those. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. They're so good. Because you realize, like, and this is actually something, this is a good segue into something that I was going to touch on. It's because they got Timothy Zahn to come back and write this character. They could they could have just, I'm glad they did what they did. They could have gotten anybody to do it. But because they got him to do it, there are so many similarities between the two characters, the two different versions. Yeah, I bet. Like, it's crazy to me, like reading the Expanded Universe novels and then reading his character in the canon stuff, like his personality, the way he's, he thinks, like they're, they're not the same, but they're so close that it's almost like you're reading the same character just in two different stories. And so, yeah, I love that. Like, for instance, Chila, the Chiss world was originally um, given to us in Legends continuity. And it's the same version. It's this ice planet. It's super cold. Like they're they're pulling from so much of the expanded universe and what Timothy Zahn gave us in the expanded universe. I think it's really cool. Um, and I think that they're keeping a lot of that intact because they liked what he did. They liked the world he created. Um, and so I'm really excited that seeing him come into canon has been one of the the coolest parts about, you know, this Disney takeover for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see what happens with his character. I'm excited that, yeah, it's a different story and some of the, some of the characters might be different, but like reading the, cause I read the, did I read the Canon book? No, I read the expanding universe books first. And I remember thinking how little of a difference there was between the two characters, like their personality. So, it might mess with your perception of what's canon, but like at the same time, it's going to mm-hmm. feel like the same character. Like it, in a weird way, like, you know, when they take a book and they make a really, really faithful adaptation to a movie. Yeah. It's kind of like, it feels like that. Like if gotcha. his original version was the book, it's, it's like they just hit, you know, control C and then control V and they just copied him over. Uh, but it's your Mac people. That's well, you can do it on Windows. Yeah, but is it Control? Isn't no, it's it command. Shift? Well, command. Mac, it's Command. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Anyways, I think yeah, I love that. I think it's really cool that Disney did bring him on, um, to redo it. And like, if you guys aren't aware, um, we got this um character introduced to us canon wise first on rebels and they kind of it was like dave filoni was like hey by the way we're gonna bring this character back and um is it okay if we use him and so he actually asked like um uh, what's the why am i spacing timothy if um we can use that character and we we're trying to use that character is it cool like and of course he was like, yeah. And then Disney was like, Hey, the people love this character in the show. Oh yeah. And we want you to redo the books. And it's amazing. Like that he did it and he wasn't offended by it. He's probably making a lot more money than he did doing the original. Oh thing. yeah. Do you know but, what's really, did, did you know that? So do you know the name of his starter story or in Canon? Uh, uh-uh. it's the chimera. Oh, for real. And 
his yep. the name of his Star Destroyer in the Expanding Universe books is the same thing. So like oh. they and his captain's name. Yeah. Oh, on the okay. Star I Destroyer. Was Captain I, I Paley. Knew what it, yeah. It's the yeah, same. They, they, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I, I was gonna I say just, I knew what you meant, but I I messed it up. But yeah, I knew what it was and right. I know it's a chimera, but I I knew what you're trying to get at that they're the yeah. same. But so they've they've done a really they've done a a really really good job of staying faithful to like all of the core elements of who he was in the expanded universe, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, but then I guess the question is, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in this new novel? I think we're going to get a lot of why he left. And now, I think it is it is a trilogy. Yeah, so I think this trilogy is going to build up to that point. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Um, it I wouldn't say because I don't really remember too much the first one. Like it's been like a couple years, you guys. Like sure, the first movie, the first book came out a while ago. But I think, um, it's almost like he's gonna potentially get like kind of cast away from his people. And protecting them through the empire, and like, like join the empire to protect them and to take care of them from a distance, is I know I, I haven't finished the third one, so I could be like it couldn't make sense potentially what I'm about to say, but I feel like that's gonna be his way back in. So I feel like this is gonna lead up to the point where we're gonna get him in book one. That's my guess. Oh sure, sure, sure like why he left because in the book one like we didn't really like people didn't really see his group at all and like when we got him originally in the book they explained but like why he looks so different and like they really fantasize about his skin and his eyes and like how he was different and granted in star wars there's a lot of weird aliens and creatures out there and so to to like analyze it in such a detail, it was to show that like, Hey, we don't see this a lot. And he is the only non-humanoid to be ranked yep. as Admiral, um, uh, in, in the stars universe for the empire. Right. So it is a big deal. The position that he gets to and the rate he gets to it. Cause I think at the end of the first book, he's like, fully ranked like he is yeah, pretty high up there. there yeah because yeah. the, the, so, the whole first book is is his kind of climbing through the ranks and his start yeah. in the empire from the the time he kind of pops out and uh gets them to take him in and so i think i think it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that this trilogy will set up that um mm-hmm. because it, it is interesting we're already getting the sense that there are a ton of people in the chess ascendancy that do not like him and yeah. I think I think that is because of how controversial his actions are. He's extremely efficient, extremely efficient. But I know that throughout his career, even with the Empire, there were things that he did, and people in the moment were like, "What the heck? What are you doing?" And then he ends up winning a battle, you know. And and I know that his actions have been looked at as controversial so so far. And so, even in the expanded universe, they they were too. And so. I think that there are people that really have it out for him and don't have a good um, 
opinion of him. I mean, if he was the leader of these, uh, what were they? I want to make sure I get this right. Chess? The Vagari pirate operations, if he was the leader, because yeah. it does say military, from a military standpoint, they were a success. But from a political standpoint, they were a disaster. And so if he was in charge of those, that that fits his character, where like it might not have been done in the way people wanted him to do it, but he yeah. got it done, you know? Um, so I think... It's not that even he's breaking rules. It's just like casual cheaties. He probably doesn't have the best, like, people die, but he still gets the job done. Right. Like, I don't know. And he, he sets it up where, like, he'll use someone as, like, a, a bait, essentially, like, Sure. To get the, like he has such a just like really brilliant mind, and he doesn't explain. He's really bad at communication. Um, in his <laughs> so, like, brain, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like at front, he's he's really bad at communication. I feel like a lot of people are really confused what he's doing and what his plans are. But then in his mind, as a reader, you actually understand everything that he's doing. Right. Um, and like, that's why I always recommend the audiobook for, for sure. Thrawn because it had, there's a lot in this, in the other books. I don't, I don't know this one. I probably assume I can assume that he's going to be talking in his head a lot. Um, but when he does it, he has a different, it's a different text. So you're supposed to read it as like, it's not out loud. Um, but in the, um, audiobook, it's a, it's a different tone of voice. So you can understand when he's not talking out loud right. to everyone else and he's thinking. And it's just a really, really cool way to like hear how it's going. And so I always read along with it because like one, I can't focus if I'm just listening to it unless I'm like on a 12 hour road trip or something like it's just not going to happen for me. So I always read along with it to stay along, but it definitely helps. Um, it makes that experience just so much cooler and we're not sponsored by audible or anything like that. I, I just wanted to yeah, tell you guys, like if you really do want to get into these books, I feel like star Wars is the best way to do it is to listen and read at the same time. Yeah. It's a little more expensive, but there's always free oh. trials out there and you can figure it out. But, um, going back to the app that I've mentioned a few times, there's an app out there called Libby. L-I-B-B-Y. Oh, yeah. It's a free app, completely free. Don't pay any money for it at all. And all you need is a valid library card. And it's essentially a um, a mobile way to check to out books. audiobooks yeah, from your local library. So for instance, um, I live in North Carolina now, but when I lived in Minnesota, I had a Hennepin County library card and they have a massive library downtown which also includes a, a massive selection of audiobooks. And so I have that library card and I have a local North Carolina one. And between the two, like there's very seldomly a Star Wars book that they don't have on audiobook. And so like get them really quick too. Yeah, well there and and it's actually kind of cool because like the Light of the Jedi novel by Charles Sully that's going to be a part of this High Republic era is already on there that you can like not pre-order it but you can place you can go in and like kind of place a hold on it which is crazy because now like you know even if it was going to come out when it was supposed to we're still we were at the time I saw this we're like two and a half months out and you can still do that and so they're getting books pretty quickly they're they're staying up to date it's not like you know they're going to drop this thrawn book 
three months after it releases. You know, they're normally libraries are pretty up to date and they're very underutilized. So if you want to do it for free, go download Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Um, they don't pay us to say this. Right. Um, um, if they and, want you, right. down. But. Yeah, just link your library card. I did it. And the reason I'm talking about it is because like since I got it, I've literally been listening to Star Wars audiobooks nonstop. I went through Death Troopers. I went through a good chunk of Rogue One before <laughs> my loan expired, and I couldn't get it back because there were other holds on it. I was actually going, listening through the first uh, Legends Thrawn book as well. Like the Thrawn canon books are on there. I mean, like, do it. What do you got to lose? It's free, you know? Yeah, it's cool. So, or if we, you have we, Audible, um, you're already paying for it, go for it. Do your thing. And if you guys want to help us encourage Jeremiah to do it, um, yeah, please leave a comment. Um, wherever you're listening to this, you can leave a comment or leave a voicemail. But um, if enough of you guys encourage Jeremiah, um, he might actually do it. So Yeah, he hates reading, but he doesn't know how good Star Wars books actually are. Yeah. Because he I wonder them. if he would have been in this conversation if he would have known that there is a listener version underneath it. You know what? He might have. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's a yeah. different story and that's just behind the scenes a little bit that you I, guys can hear our humor but anyways we're, yeah uh, we're not quite done yet but i do want to mention no. that if you if you go on facebook and instagram and search for empire radio podcast on both we're there we're on social media go do it and then leave comments specifically saying that you want jeremiah to read this book yes just spam him as much as you can uh, cause we've been trying to break him down over time to no avail, but, uh, well, we, he, we wanted- he did say that he was going to potentially read the high Republic and then the first chapter came out and he's kind of not on board anymore. So yeah, it's a bummer, <laughs> but, and I mean, that first chapter wasn't the best I'm not going to lie, but you know, but he hasn't read any of the Thrawn books. Like those are, oh, this is, this, this is, is good, good stuff. Yeah. Just the prologue alone. I know this is going to be fire content. Oh, yeah. So. I'm pretty yeah. excited. Um, one thing that I hope we see here's or a few things. One, uh, I hope to see some backstory. I want to see the fact that we got a picture of him as a cadet at the bottom. I think we're. Ooh, I wonder that. if they're going to go even farther back, and it's going to be one of those jumpy things. I don't know, but I hope I hope we get over there the course go. of the trilogy. I hope we get to to know him more and get some more of his canon backstory. That's what I want to see. Two, um, I really want to see him like make waves in the, the chist ascendancy and like do some really cool stuff that might be a little controversial, but I really, I want to see him like go through the ranks and like really establish himself over the course of these three books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that would be really cool is some sort of a tie in to what is happening in the Republic at the same time. Maybe like a nod to the fact, Oh, this is happening during the prequels or during the clone wars or whatever, or maybe, yeah. maybe he comes in contact with a character that we've already seen. I don't know. But that would be really cool. Timeline would be helpful. <laughs> I think but we're yeah. going to get it. I think we will. We just, you know, we only have the well, prologue. It either has to be like right before he goes to, um, or like kind of during the Clone Wars or before it. Cause yeah, I think it's going to be before the Clone Wars, but me I mean, I could, be wrong. I could be wrong. So, I mean, like we have movies like John Wick where they literally like collectively the first three movies happened over the course of like five days a week. 
it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like literally like five days over the course of three movies. So it's not far fetched that these books could happen over the course of like a week. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be before the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, me too. So, yeah. I think we're both really excited and I hope you guys are too. And I hope this helps you guys out um, and gives, if you haven't read them, we both really encourage you guys to read them um, and help us encourage Jeremiah. That's yeah, the real outgoal of this podcast is to, <laughs> to spam Jeremiah. So, yeah. And, and if you guys don't know, um, like Andrew said, we do have both social medias and Jeremiah does see them both. So, yep. so don't be afraid to lay the smack down on them. So, yeah, um, I'm really excited to see what you guys, your outcome is with that. And um, I'm putting all my faith in you, the listeners to, yeah. to get the job, get the, get the job done. Yeah. I so. mean, we can't do it without you anyway. So true. But uh, yeah, go check out our social media. Check the links below. We have two other podcasts, uh, The Mandalorian and Clone Wars Saved, both of which are dedicated to their respective TV shows. Um, So you can check those out if you want to check out more Empire Radio uh, family content between now and the next episode. Um, Social media is great to contact us, but also there are uh, two links below this podcast as well. Like Drew mentioned, one of those is to leave us a voicemail, which is super cool. And we might even play it during an episode if we like it. Um, As well as there's a link to support us through our service that we use uh, called Anchor. uh, If you feel so inclined, we don't have a Patreon or anything like that yet. Yet. But I ain't saying anything. Uh, We don't have any way for direct supporting like that yet uh, in a more mainstream fashion. So if you do want to, like if coffee is not your thing and you don't want to get a subscription using the code Empire Radio uh, through Wesley Andrews, you can do go to this link and support us as well. Uh, No obligation, but we would sure appreciate it uh, because we enjoy doing this. And I know you guys, you're listening because you enjoy it. So we appreciate it. Um, But yeah. Do you have any final any final thoughts, Drew? No, um, just stay tuned for more news about this. Um, me and Andrew might do something fun with um, this book when it comes out in two months. Yeah, yeah. So, so stay tuned for what is possible with this book in the series. Um, uh, if you're really interested in that, um, also something you can comment and let us know that you're interested in that. Um, besides that, no, um, I think, um, we're just really excited for what Star Wars is going to be giving us. And there was some news over the week that potentially were sad and stuff, but, um, you guys already heard all about that stuff. So, but anyways, we're Star Wars isn't going anywhere because you know, we got the books and if you're into the books, um, like me and Andrew are, uh, then you're you're in the right spot, and like yeah. I said, this is a weekly podcast about Star Wars and everything Star Wars, and um, we're here for you guys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, you are listening to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. Uh, I'm Drew. <laughs> and of course, be with you <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs>